This Week in Agriculture, a production of the Red River Farm Network with a look at markets. I'm Randy Conan. USDA released the quarterly stocks report as well as the small grains summary on Friday. Agrisampo North America market analyst Sterling Smith says soybeans didn't get the cut in the stocks that the trade was looking for. The soybeans, though, took a black eye here. And what's interesting, I, their uh, number was a little bit big in that, uh, you know, we came in at 274, which is the top end of expectation. But the difference between 274 and, you know, 244 isn't that much. Smith thinks must, much of the market action was spread trading and end of the month and quarter positioning by the funds. We're seeing a lot of short covering, particularly in those crowded trades, long dollar, short bonds, short the stock market. So you got guys booking profits because it is the end of the quarter. So we're going to be looking at almost a whole new world come Monday because you're going to knock a lot of positions off and people are going to be repositioning. So what happens with these interest rates? We're all mercy to those right now. And if they can stay stable, that should be favorable for grains. If they start to creep and climb back up, that could be a problem. USDA lowered soybean ending stocks, but not as much as what traders were expecting in Friday's quarterly stocks report. USDA says there were 274 million bushels of soybeans on hand as of September 1st. Average trade gas was closer to 247 million bushels. Corn ending stocks at 1.37 billion were 120 million bushels below the average trade gas. Wheat ending stocks coming in at 1.77 billion bushels, slightly below the average trade gas of 1.8 billion bushels. Advanced Trading Ag Risk Management Advisor Tommy Grasafi says there is more going on than just price reaction in this report. Yeah, the, the yield went up a tiny bit and the stocks number went up and then the corn stocks number was the surprise and also the corn yield. So a little double bullish on the corn and a little bit bearish on the beans. The beans have a bigger problem is that the uh, Mississippi River levels are so low and there's uh, not a lot of freight moving up and down the river with everything happening with storms and uh but mostly that lower river rate has uh, played havoc here on harvest bean uh, basis along the river. In the small grains summary, USDA says all of U.S. wheat production coming in at 1.65 billion bushels, increase of 1% from the previous year. Harvested area for grain was at 35.5 million acres, down 4% from last year. Winter wheat production totaled 1.1 billion bushels, down 14% from last year. Other spring wheat acres or other spring wheat production at 482 million bushels. That's an increase of 46% from last year. Durham at 64 million bushels, up 70% from last year. Barley production is estimated at 174 million bushels, up from the revised 2021 total. North Dakota Wheat Commission Policy and Marketing Director Jim Peterson said USDA's small grains summary production forecast did catch the market off guard slightly. Expectations were for higher production compared to August. Based on what we saw with um, the Farm Service Agency acreage certification that came out earlier, you know, we kind of had a feeling that uh, acreage would drop, especially for Durham. And uh, and on the yield, you know, we were here in you know some areas that were a little bit disappointed in their yields were drier. You know, they had us at a 52 bushel yield for North Dakota spring wheat. And while there was a lot of phenomenal yields, I think, um, you know, that alone too, where they lowered it back to 50 for spring wheat probably was a bit of a surprise to uh, a lot in the trade. That's a look at markets this week in agriculture. I'm Randy Conan.
What's impressive about Pioneer brand canola? It can do it all. Good yield potential? Yes. Resistance to blackleg, club rut, and scarlatinia? Yes. Hybrids with harvest flexibility? Yes. Your choice of herbicide trait platform? Yes. Lumiderm seed treatment? Yes. Can this Pioneer brand canola do all that? Yes, this canola can. Learn more at pioneer.com slash canola or contact your local authorized Pioneer sales representative for more information. Serving farmers from Foston, Monoman, Ada, Crookston, and Thief River Falls to Jamestown, Langdon, Devils Lake, Castleton, Mayville, and Grafton. This is the Red River Farm Network. Agriculture is big business, and we cover it that way with markets, market analysis, crop progress reports, USDA reports, farm policy, and trade issues. If it affects your bottom line, you'll hear about it on the Red River Farm Network. Go online or on your smartphone to rrfn.com. You can click on news, podcasts, radio stations, and more. With a look at this weekend news, I'm Kara Hart on the Red River Farm Network. Portions of the Mississippi River between St. Louis and New Orleans are at record low levels. Nearly all of the Mississippi River Basin experienced below normal rainfall this summer. With the water so low, shippers have voluntarily cut down to 25 barges per vessel. Typically, tows move 36 barges at a time. Mosaic apparently missed the brunt of Hurricane Ian. Mosaic is the primary producer of phosphate fertilizer in Florida with three plants near Tampa. The hurricane narrowly missed the area. The fertilizer industry is already facing shortages with the Russia invasion of Ukraine and the energy crisis in Europe and did not need another supply chain disruption. Ukraine's agriculture minister is urging his European Union counterparts to invest in five border terminals and a pipeline for sunflower oil. The border terminals would cost 25 to 30 million dollars each and the price tag for the pipeline depends on the route. The Ukrainian ag ministry said this system would be more stable and permanent than the temporary humanitarian grain export lane through the Black Sea. Well, back in the United States, due to lengthy testimony, the Surface Transportation Board will be extending its hearing on the Canadian Pacific-Kansas City Southern merger through Monday. That's a day longer than originally scheduled. CHS Transportation Director Justin Culley testified in favor of the merger, saying the ability to have a single-line route to the Gulf of Mexico is good for CHS's customers. Currently, these growers depend on the few existing north-south shipping lanes to ship their crops to the U.S. Inner Gulf and southern U.S. export terminals. These crop producers will benefit from single-line hauls and direct north-south access to ports in both those regions. Next Monday, the Supreme Court of the United States will hear a case regarding the waters of the United States rule, Sackett versus EPA. Earlier this year, the American Soybean Association submitted an amicus brief on WOTUS. Here's ASA Director of Government Affairs, Kyle Kunkler. We've also encouraged EPA to keep a close eye on that, that Waters of the United States case that's at the Supreme Court because it could have some significant implications for whatever additional types of rulemaking that they're, they're planning to do. Fifty members of Congress sent a letter to Ag Secretary Tom Vilsack, Treasury Secretary Janet Yellen, and the Defense Secretary regarding the proposed Fufeng corn processing project in Grand Forks. The lawmakers claim the Chinese-owned project is located near the Grand Forks Air Base, jeopardizing national security. The letter seeks additional information from the United States-China Economic and Security Review Commission. The Senate approved a continuing resolution on Thursday, and the House approved that too on Friday. The CR will maintain government spending at current levels until mid-December 
December while lawmakers work on a budget plan for the 2023 fiscal year. Avian influenza cases are confirmed in Minnesota, North Dakota, and South Dakota. State veterinarian Beth Thompson says the most recent case in South Dakota was confirmed over the weekend. We have had a handful of cases not only here in South Dakota, but cases continue across the United States. We have an ongoing um, issue with highly pathogenic avian influenza. Last week, the North Dakota Grain Growers Association told the National Association of Wheat Growers they would not rejoin the association. NOG CEO Chandler Gould is disappointed. We have gone through and made a lot of changes. The North Dakota Grain Growers said they wanted uh, through that facilitated discussion that we had uh, before they chose to leave the organization. The Green Bison Soy Processing Crush Plant at Spiritwood is making progress. According to President Mike Keller, that project remains on schedule, ready for harvest in 2023. The Federal Trade Commission is suing Corteva and Syngenta, claiming the two companies had exclusive contracts with distributors that blocked generic products from the market. The two companies disagree with the FTC complaint. A federal judge ruled U.S. Sugar Corporation's acquisition of Imperial Sugar Company can move forward. The U.S. Justice Department filed a lawsuit last year in an attempt to block the sale, saying it would lead to higher sugar prices. That's a look at this weekend news. I'm Kara Hart on the Red River Farm Network. Egg Country Farm Credit Services offers a wide range of fixed interest rate options to match each customer's needs. If future interest rates fall, customers can take advantage of our rate conversion options to capture opportunity. Discover the Egg Country Advantage that provides our customers long-term interest rate protection. To learn more about your options, contact your local Egg Country office today. Egg Country, focused on egg, focused on you. Specialty crop markets are special and require more digging than corn, soybeans, or wheat. We do that digging, talking to numerous crop scouts, growers, and processors here in North Harvest. And wherever beans that affect local markets are grown, follow the dry bean scene every Friday at 1235. Brought to you by SRS Commodities, North Harvest Bean Growers Association, Johnstown Bean Company, and BASF, your season-long pressure relief portfolio for growing dry beans. With a look at weather this week in agriculture, I'm Sierra Doctor on the Red River Farm Network. The National Weather Service Grand Forks meteorologist Alexandra Kent says a chance of showers is in the forecast. Well, heading into this weekend, we are going to see some chances for some showers across North Dakota and Minnesota. Um, heading into Saturday and lingering into Sunday and to begin the week. So going to have some slight chances for precip all this weekend and then we are going to not see too much accumulating precipitation from that, um, probably just under around a tenth of an inch in many locations because it's going to be pretty isolated and scattered. And a cold front could lower the temperatures next week down to 40s. The latest U.S. drought monitor shows a worsening of dry conditions across the Dakotas and Minnesota. In North Dakota, the severe drought in the western part of the state now stretches from Divide to Bowman counties. Moderate drought is showing up in the central part of North Dakota, with abnormally dry conditions in nearly two dozen counties in the north, east, and southwest portions of the state. In South Dakota, moderate drought expanded in the northeastern part of the state. 
Dry conditions are making their way further north along the western edge of Minnesota, with the majority of the Minnesota RRFN listening area in abnormally dry to moderate drought. Golden Harvest agronomist Adam Arstead says weather will dictate soybean harvest this year. A lot of people just poking into their beans, heard some fields, whole fields coming off, and yields have been good so far. Again, highly dependent on if there was uh, decent rainfall. And for the most part, I think, like I mentioned before, we did have decent rain. Uh, I think by if we don't catch any more rain, which I don't think there's much in the forecast here um, for a while, there's going to be a lot of beans coming off here the, this week and into the weekend. And so looking like harvest is going to be in full swing, if not pretty much already there. As harvest continues in Mitchell, South Dakota, Chet Edinger is managing what he calls a three-ring circus. We wanted to uh, have one crew on sunflowers, one on soybeans, and one planting wheat. But the sunflowers were still a little wet on, on the two fields that we think are, were ready. So we flopped that machine over to corn. So they'll be bringing corn into our, drying, to our dryer here shortly. And then, of course, we got two machines on soybeans. Um, the moisture on those are running any, anywhere from uh, you know, 10 to 13.5, depending on what field you're in. And then I got a crew planting winter wheat. Uh, we are approaching, I think we're over half done now. Pre-pile sugar beet harvest started earlier this week for East Grand Forks. Minnesota farmer David Thompson. It's been good, uh, taking off a lot of headlands, uh, getting fields opened up, but yeah, it's going well. Sugar content looks okay ahead of the full sugar beet harvest campaign. Frederick, South Dakota farmer Eric Sumption says the wet start to the spring has done a complete 180. The lack of rain has Sumption concern for pasture growth and calf health. Yeah, you know, there's a lot of grass out there that we grew earlier in the summer. Uh, definitely drying up uh, pretty fast now. A guy's going to have to put some protein out. Uh, be nice to get a rain or two here this fall to kind of green it up before we start freezing up. I guess the biggest, you know, we've been weaning some calves and it's so dry, the lots are really dug. We got a few more to go. I don't know if a guy's going to have to water them pens or what, but that's definitely going to be an issue if we don't get the moisture here that's dusting on you. And that's a look at weather this week in agriculture. I'm Sierra Doctor on the Red River Farm Network. SRS Commodities was founded over 30 years ago by a small group of farmers who wanted to add value to their dry bean production. That commitment is still with us today. SRS Commodities has receiving stations at Munich and Cooperstown, and of course the facilities in Mayville, Washburn, and Portland. Competitive and fair pricing. Find out more at srscommodities.com. Grower owned, family operated, customer driven. SRS Commodities. Providing play-by-play -play for the business of agriculture, the Red River Farm Network. Is urging the group of 20 nations to address food insecurity. Also speaking at today's NDSU Extension Weed Plot Tour was NDSU Weed Scientist. The program is for farmers and ranchers who suffered livestock or feed losses. There are possible storm clusters too, bringing rain to areas of the country. Markets, weather, farm policy. If it affects your bottom line, you'll hear it on the Red River Farm Network. We're reporting agriculture's business.